Welcome to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serank, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the spirit room. Welcome to the spirit room. I'm here with my friend Danielle. Hello, and, everyone. <laughs> hello. And we're looking to chat today about twin flames, soulmates, and soul family. Yes. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation because me and Melissa, like we're mediumship besties without a doubt, but we don't know each other's philosophies on the stuff. We've studied under different teachers. We've probably read different books on these topics. And so I'm really interested to hear like your philosophies on it. And I know my philosophies tend to be quite controversial in comparison to like what a lot of our clients maybe believe. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's let's chat. So first of all, do you, well, I already know the answer, but do you believe in uh, this whole twin flame phenomena? I do not. I, I tell you, I always tell people my beliefs are flexible, but mm-hmm. so far from what I understand around the twin flame philosophy is you were basically created at the exact same moment as like another spirit and therefore they are your twin flame and that they don't incarnate with you. They're kind of like back at home. Um, I don't quite understand what the twin flame role is, but in the six years I've been doing readings and like spiritual philosophy and everything, twin flames has like never come up. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Maybe you can educate me. You might know a little bit more about like where this all started. I don't know where it started, but I do feel like it's something that's quite prevalent. It's a belief that a lot of people have um, come to adopt. And I actually feel that lots of times it's sort of a way for people to, they like to label something, you know, so they, mm-hmm. they're in, quite honestly, most of the time when it comes up with clients that ask me about it, they're in a messy, difficult, um, one-sided usually, uh, love drama, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the word for it. And it's almost like calling it a twin flame gives it some kind of special kind of unique validation that all of that stuff is okay and all of that stuff is worth it because they're twin flames and eventually you know they're meant to come together and from my experience I I don't actually believe that um I do believe that people um generally when you have that difficult time letting go of someone energetically even when you know like their human self is like maybe not the right fit for you or there's a lot of drama and a lot of pain um and it's still difficult to let them go i think most of the time that's a past life connection you know so it could be that this is left over you know energy and leftover um stuff from a previous incarnation for sure but to say that it's because you're twin flames and basically you you have to go through this major journey of one is supposed to chase the other and the other one's supposed to you know there's these defined roles that people are supposed to have apparently um i just think sometimes it's a it's an excuse uh to stay stuck in something that is usually quite toxic 
Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's funny, Melissa, because I don't get a whole lot of clients attracted to me that want to know about their relationships. And this could very well be because I'm probably one of like the least romantic people you'll ever meet. Like me, my husband, not very romantic. We're like buddies for sure. And so I guess I've always kind of like never been too interested to research this topic, but a lot of the clients that come see me, I don't think I've ever had a single one mention uh twin flame and even soulmate like i can't even remember a handful of times i've had people say that um yeah. but do you know the difference between the apparent twin flame and soulmate well from what i understand it's sort of like a soulmate is more of a could be <clears throat> doesn't have to be necessarily romantic relationship so you could have a soulmate that's your child you could have a soulmate that's a friend you know that kind of thing as well as a as romantic kind of soulmate and in that way they're more of like a kindred spirit a life partner um definitely deep connection and a soul connection um but with the twin flame it's something completely other it's like involving this major um very like intense kind of uh you know cat and mouse kind of like always trying to find each other you know lifetime after lifetime that kind of thing but i think it's true what you're saying it depends on your um your your beliefs and your energy and sort of what you're about i think for me like from the beginning so many people come to me about relationship stuff yeah and you're it, you're a romantic though you're you're like you love love i really do i really <laughs> do, do. So I get it. And I think also because I've, I've been through some, uh, you know, romantic relationships for sure have been an area in my life that's that's definitely been a theme of um, challenge, you know, like over the years. So I think maybe there's also part of that. Right. So, yeah, it, it depends on your on your your energy too. Right. So that's sure. interesting. And spirit will always align us with like the clients we can serve the best. Like if somebody came in front of me and started talking about twin flames, I'd be like, girl, I don't know how to help you. Like <laughs> I'm like spirits never even talked about twin flames to me. I know Kyle Gray, I've studied under Kyle Gray and I know in his angel prayers deck, he does mention a twin flame. I can't remember if it was like hope and faith. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up, but I really oh. like what you said around, um, you know, the, the soulmate being not necessarily your lover, because that's one of the philosophies I've seen people get really stuck on is mm -hmm. around the romantic partner, same sex, opposite sex, whatever being my soulmate. Whereas the closest thing in my experience I've seen to potential soulmate mm -hmm. would be my dad and my son. Right. Yeah. And that's not a romantic relationship, clearly. Um, but there's some sort of soul recognition that they had in this connection that they had the second my son was born. Yeah. Um, and that was like, that's probably like the deepest, like love soul connection I've seen um, mm -hmm. in my existence in my 37 years so far. So I really like to hear that you kind of are of the same belief around that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And I don't, I don't buy into the, the twin flame thing really at all but I do get that people understand or they you know they identify with it so I, I understand why people are coming in and asking about it you know but my my take is that anyone in your life can be your soulmate um, and oftentimes you know we put all this pressure on the romantic partner to be the soulmate, the twin flame, the, you know, like best friend, like all of these things. When really, if you look around and take a look at your life, 
there's different people that will fulfill those different roles, you know, so it's not always, you know, that one person that fulfills all of those things. Absolutely. And I've seen that time and time again, too, the pressure that we put on our partners to be our everything. And, you know, my husband, like I get major satisfaction out of my connection with other women that fulfill me on a level that my husband never could. And I wouldn't expect him. And I think that helps keep our marriage kind of boundaried Mm -hmm. um, and like a little bit more fulfilling because, you know, he has his role in my life. My girlfriends have my role in my life. You have your role in my life and you all fulfill me in very, very different ways. Um, But I've seen like a lot of relationships end and, and kind of hit that turmoil uh, spectrum because we're expecting so much out of people and expectations are like the cause of so much grief in our lives. <laughs> yeah. It's setting yourself up for disappointment because really not, I, I don't believe that one person can really, you know, fulfill every single, um, one of our energetic needs and North should they, you know, like it's really, um, about finding fulfillment within first. And, and kind of then having this, I think, romantic partnership that, yes, of course, I mean, for me and my, my life and my energy, I'll always need that connection and that romantic kind of energy that to me is so fulfilling. But, you know, I, I also understand his, my partner, his purpose is not there to like fulfill every one of my whims, you know, and yeah. every one of my needs. Uh, we need to do that for ourselves you know, but yeah, it is interesting. If you hear background, just like rumblings, it is my cat. Um, when she knows I'm doing anything important, uh, she will start making uh, mischief in the background. So I'm I hoping- thought it was like Maddie doing the dishes. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. She's <laughs> like um, in the sink, I think, but um, <laughs> next time I'll have to get her, uh, you know, take maybe in the, in the other room or something, but it's all good. Making mischief, so. so then this kind of like leads me to the concept that I wasn't I hadn't heard before. I think I first heard it on the podcast. We both love psychic teachers. Yeah. Um, we've been listening to that podcast for what, like eight years? A like long time. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Um, and they're big inspirations for us launching this podcast too, for sure. Yeah. And they mentioned an episode quite a few years ago around soul families. And it, whenever I hear a philosophy that my soul kind of recognizes, I, my spirit kind of perks up. I get it like goosebumps. Yeah. I get like shivers, spirit bumps, whatever we want to call them. And so when they talked about this concept of soul family, my ears perked up. And then I started asking spirit, like, what is this about soul families? Because obviously my soul is recognizing this term or this like philosophy. And so I guess the way that they described soul families, I might do a crappy Uh, job of trying to paraphrase this but it's around you know we we kind of come and reincarnate as a family and this is not just our immediate family this is our friends these are our cousins these are our bosses these are people who are major players in our lives and sometimes even like secondary players in our lives Um, and one of the philosophies they had around that too which I'm still trying to land my own interpretation of this but they were saying like you incarnate in this life with your soul family. And then when you go home to the other side and you transition, it's like you all wait for one another and then come up with another plan and come back in. So sometimes that reincarnation process can take like a hundred to 200 years. Yeah. I totally have, have um, heard that from spirit. I have you. Okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know, for the longest time was really trying to understand 
how's this possible? Because there's times when people are like asking me, well, what happens if like my mom passes and she goes to spirit when I'm say like if you're young, you know, and she goes when you're like a kid and then you live to be like 105. Does like, how do you, how does that work? Like, is your mom actually waiting there for you to come again? Or what is the deal? Um, and I, ta- I what I heard from spirit was basically like, yes, you kind of all co- go and come as this group. And so, you know, the, the actual like reunion and all of that will happen. You know, it's not like um, you miss out on that if there's yeah. a long, you know, a long time in between. So the hundred years to me totally sounds reasonable. Yeah. So I want to share an experience that I had with my son two weeks ago. It was a very, very profound experience because I'm also like, you know, I'm very skeptical. I'm a skeptical medium, probably more skeptical than most people. It's like, I hear a philosophy and I have to ponder it. And sometimes it could take me years to, to finally talk about something that I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I'm starting to grasp this, or I feel like I have a good handle on what this could be. Um, and I don't know if that's a good way to learn or a bad way to learn, but it's how I've always been. So mm-hmm. when it came to like the concepts of past lives, I always believed in past lives, but I didn't know how to take past life readings because mm-hmm. it doesn't come up too often in my readings. Only like when I'm doing angel work, do I actually see people's like past lives and there's usually evidence attached to it. So I'm coming around to it. Yeah. But one day I was laying next to my son in bed. He's three years old. His name's Nicholas. He's gorgeous. Also known as the Minx. But um, he, every night I've been singing this song to him and it's a different song than I sang to my daughter, but it's a World War I song. And I, I don't know how I know this song, but it's been in my heart my whole life. And I was laying next to him and I was thinking while I'm singing to him, because it always puts him to sleep. I'm like, I wonder if like, I'm the only person in the world who knows this song. Like right. literally, I don't even remember where I learned it from. It was probably a school assembly or something, but I've been singing it my whole life. And then all of a sudden in my mind's eye, I was transported to a scene in World War One where my son was my older brother and we both died in this battle. Um, And then they showed me pieces of our upbringing together where he was four years older than me. And I'm covered in shivers right now, even talking about this, but he like took care of me my whole life. Like our parents were not capable of parenting us and he took care of me my whole life. He was like my father, um, but he was my brother and we died together. I died first. He died second. And then in the afterlife, I said to him, our next life, I am going to take care of you. Yeah. And then I got like tears streaming down. It was such a powerful experience because like, obviously we were in world war one together and I chose, we chose together for this life for me to come back as his mom to fulfill that promise I made him. So it's like, what is world war one? So we're about 130 years from world war one, right? Not even no, like, um, 1917. I don't know girl. Like, like, yeah, just over a hundred years. Yeah. So that kind of got me thinking about the whole soul family thing again. I'm like, oh yeah, that philosophy around like a hundred to 200 years, yeah. and like that, that would kind of fit with this. So yeah, super interesting. That's, I mean, that's beautiful. And I, I totally feel the same. That's, that's exactly how I see or experience like that past life connection. There's always like a story to it kind of, and there's a reason for seeing that information or being aware, made aware of the, the connection you know? Um, and I, I think that that's such a cool, it's almost like a little movie, you know, that you would see in your mind um, and sort of, you know, understand, okay, there's a sense of um, fulfilling something, you know, that we, we kind of either experienced before or that we kind of vowed to each other, you know, that kind of thing. 
And I believe in, oh, side note, actually, there's a great movie, 1917, you should watch it. Um, It's out in theaters right now. It's like phenomenal. And I'm not like a war movie type person, but it's just like spectacular. You would probably really get a sense of um, maybe past life uh, memories. No joke. I'm covered in like literal chills right now. Yeah, watch it. It's really, really, it's amazing. Um, But anyways, the, I do believe in that soul recognition. I mean, that's what happens sometimes when you just like shake someone's hand and you're like, whoa, like I know this person somehow. Um, you recognize their their energetic imprint, you know, within your 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 lifetimes. You know, so sometimes that happens with teachers, um, friends. You know, there's just a sense of familiarity, um, and it becomes very very apparent. I think that's how people fall in love at first sight. I think that's what it is. It's more so soul recognition more than anything. You are so right. You are so right. And even look at us. I mean, we, I think honestly, like we've been friends for years. I think we've hung out like 10 times in person max and that's including classes. But, you know, I've studied with so many people. I've, I've had so many cohorts and you and me just like saw each other once. We sat in a little circle together just like once. I think it was the Mavis Patilla workshop. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's just like we were so connected. Like we totally stayed in touch. And I sat with women in circles for four years and we don't keep in touch. Yeah. Right? It's like Absolutely. there was some sort of like yeah. soul recognition. Like you and me, like we're meant to do some work together without a doubt. And there was that like soul recognition and we make it work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of phenomenal. And I noticed that, um, I was talking to my partner about this recently, how I have these relationships with people that are so deep and so intense. And yet the physical, um, closeness is so not there. It's like, I have a friend that, um, I talk to almost every day, uh, back and forth messaging and stuff, but we rarely see each other in person mm-hmm. and it's so weird because she's like one of the closest people to me but I think that's just what happens when you're kind of on more of a soul level with somebody you don't actually need the physical I mean it's important I think to obviously like see your friends in person I mean that is a normal human thing um but I think sometimes it's just like oh it makes sense like we can still have that closeness um without having to see each other every day absolutely yeah, and I think we we've taken like two month break off from um, podcasting, right? Because we were yeah. both like super busy and yeah. Christmas and all that stuff. And like, look at us now. I'm like, it's just you fall back into it when you're like totally in like soul alignment with somebody else's vibe. Yeah. Um, I think it's beautiful. So I think you're right. Like that love at first sight, and that's how come people get really hung up on that soulmate label, which really kind of like limits. I feel like whenever we try to put like these spiritual labels on things, we really limit the potential of the unfolding of like all it could be. Mm-hmm. And seeing, seeing each sort of relationship in your life as an opportunity, you know, like there with all these different kind of, um, all different kind of potential for each, for each relationship. Um, but I, I think it's just these sort of um, constructs that are helping people to maybe recognize, oh, okay, this is sort of, I don't know. I think it gives people a false sense of validation mm-hmm. in certain things, almost like, okay, it's a twin flame. So it's going to be worth it, you know, or like it's a, this is my soulmate. So I can't leave, you know? And it's just Which like the definition of spiritual bypassing. Yeah. Right? Like major. And I almost feel like there's this weird hierarchy where some people are like, uh, that's just a soulmate. My, 
my husband's my twin flame, <laughs> you know, like, as if it's, like, so much better and, like, so much more, you know, intense or so much more whatever. They're so much more in love, you know, and it's, like, ugh. I think that each relationship is just going to be its own thing. It's going to be unique each each time. And I also, I was talking to a client about this too, and I've experienced this in my own life. Sometimes, regardless, even if you know kind of deep down that you're, you're with someone or you're marrying someone and it's like, you kind of know that maybe it's not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. but yet you still do it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like first marriage. Yeah. yeah first marriage. I'm, I'm maybe second. Um, but, uh, I'm like, and she, uh, this client was talking about, and she's like, I just, I mean, she goes, if I was to look back, I, I don't know why I did it. I just felt that it had to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and she was kind of beating herself up about it. And I said, you know what? I've been there and I agree. And I think that sometimes your soul knows that for whatever reason, there's something that needs to be worked out. There's something that needs to happen energetically between the two of you. And even though you know probably this is not the right person as far as like maybe your happiness goes, there is some weird pull to kind of make the marriage happen regardless. Um, and I think it's because there's things that need to be learned. You know, there's there's some kind of there's some kind of um, maybe even karmic kind of, uh, thing, not so much, you owe me this, let's get married, but like, let's work out this sort of like, um, energetic kind of dance that we have with each other, you know, on a soul level. So it's, it's a weird feeling to be intuitive and to kind of know that it's like maybe going to be rough, but you still do it. And I think in some cases that can be, that can be the case when it comes to, uh, those big sort of relationships. Yeah. And so I guess what we want to say here too, for people like as a learning experience is if you are in a relationship that you are trying to tell yourself or telling yourself like, this is my soulmate, or this is my twin flame, like just look a little bit broader at it. Right. Like yeah. a little bit broader. Like, why am I trying to justify this or yeah. convince myself of this? Am I not looking at the big picture here of what I'm supposed to be learning? Because what will happen is if you keep spiritually bypassing, the same lessons are going to come to you. <laughs> you will yeah. attract the same thing over and over and over again. Um, so just that's just kind of like advice from, from Danielle. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I agree to look at it closely. And, you know, it's true. If you, if you avoid looking at things, um, that exact thing will continue to show up. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to believe in some ways that like you were like, defective, like what is wrong with me? When actually there's nothing wrong with you, but just ignoring, you know, like once you, I don't know, once you kind of embark on a path of self-discovery and you're kind of looking at things very very clearly very honest with yourself it becomes difficult to ignore you know but I I've still seen I've still seen it uh still seen seen people do it and you know it's just like it's it's not to feel bad about it but just to know that it will keep happening (laughs) until you look at it you know until you until you deal with it Absolutely happened to me, three relationships. And the second I had a reader say to me, like, do you not see that you keep like attracting like the same kind of person to you? Like, it's not even like they're the same, but they all make you feel the same. Yeah. Which was unseen, not valued, right? And basically yeah. just 
ignored. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. And the second that I addressed that and the second that I acknowledged that energy, it's like the energy shifted. And I was with my husband within two weeks and we were married within a year and he's completely different. makes me feel completely different than any of my past partners. So I, for like 10 years, I was collecting the same person essentially over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy easy to do. It's easy to do until you kind of become sort of awakened to it. And you're like, Oh, like, it's almost like recognizing even like you don't have to do anything. It's just like you said, acknowledging that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that the energy just kind of moves like, so not everything requires like 20 years of therapy. Right. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you too around the soul family, um, and I'm curious about your opinion on this. I feel like I've because it's been hmm, so 20 years um, since this person passed, but I was, you know, abused by somebody in my family who yeah. ended up passing away. So this person is clearly part of my soul group, mm-hmm. right? My soul family. Um, so then like, how does that work? Right? Well, like- <laughs> well uh, I had a tough time with this too, because I have the same a similar experience, except for my person is still in the physical world. Uh, And yeah, I had a tough time with it early on in my awakening because I went for a past life. I think I might've told you this, how I went for a past life regression Mm -hmm. and I was able to ask some questions to kind of like my higher self, my higher consciousness. And I asked like, what is the deal with this? Because this person is, you know, my family, this person's supposed to love me. And that's not love, you know? And uh, basically, I got this this answer back from, actually, I don't think it was my in my session. It was afterwards when I was talking to the, the practitioner. But she was basically like, yeah, like, even in, in cases of abuse, um, you know, they're there for your, for your awakening. They're there for your learning. They're there for your kind of growth. And I was like, no. <laughs> not, no, not, not having that. Like, I just could not wrap my head around that. I couldn't understand, you know, when you're looking about, like, talking about, like, kids being abused, like, no thanks. Like, that did not, that did not resonate with me. Um, And now, I guess, maybe I have an understanding of what she meant, you know, that, yes, I do kind of get that certain people are going to take on certain roles that, will give us this opportunity to look at our own strength, look at our own resilience, um, maybe help us to understand something on a deeper level, you know, that kind of thing. But it's a tough one. I mean, that's really like this stretching for me, you know, to, to, to kind of go there because um, it's just, it's not comfortable. That's, that's like a, that's a deep, uh, a deep wound mm-hmm. and even though there's been tons of healing around it and I know there's been tons of healing around it for you still you know that's a hard one to kind of to kind of take you know it's I don't know what do, you, what do you think well very similar and I, I, got, I was covered in shivers I mean every time I talk to you I'm covered in shivers so I was covered in shivers <laughs> when you said this because it was a really hard um, thing for me to grasp around yeah um, you know and so and my ears ringing right now even as I'm talking it's so funny <laughs> Um, so when I, I was very angry, but looking back and I, I blamed myself for this person dying because I kept wishing that they would die and then they did die. And so it was a very complicated feeling for me as a teenager when they passed. Oh, for sure. But what happened was first it did trigger my 
spiritual awakening. At their funeral, I was gifted a book by a medium and it completely changed my life. It completely changed my path. I was getting a little bit into drugs back then because I was coping. um, And I got clean and sober based off this book by Sylvia Brown, The Other Side and Back. I got clean and sober. I didn't have a stitch of a drink or even pot or anything for like five years after that. My Mm -hmm. whole focus was on spirituality and spiritual growth. And I read all 42 of Sylvia Brown's books. I joined a paranormal investigation group back then. Like I just, it it created this, like this quench for thirst and quench to know more. So I do agree that that trauma did spark my spiritual awakening and eventually got me to being a professional working medium. But also what I was revealed from spirit is exactly what you said around, you had to experience this situation for two reasons. One, because it put you on the path that you're meant to be on. And two, there was a bit of karma to play out in this life. And so what they showed me was not, I don't know hundred percent and I don't even want to assume because I don't believe that karma is tit for tat. I don't think karma yeah. is like works out the way that we kind of hope it does sometimes. I don't, I don't think so either. Right. But I do believe that I may have done some wrongdoing to this individual in past lives. And maybe we just had a little bit of karma to work out with one another. Right. Yep. Or yeah. maybe I was the cause of their awakening and that was a gift, right? Truly yeah. a gift. And maybe this is the gift in a weird way that they had to give me too. So, you know, it's been 20 years um, of me getting to this point of, yeah. of really believing that. But I was yeah. triggered again when I had a daughter and knowing that this person was in the world of spirit and I'm like, you are not allowed around my kid. Like yeah. you're not even allowed to like wish them well. So yeah. I got triggered six years ago, but it also caused, hello, my next awakening, which is when I actually hopped on the, the medium path, right? Like I'd always been curious about it, but I got a series about development. So this experience with this person and individual kept causing reawakenings within me. So it's fascinating. It is. And have you read, um, your soul's plan by Robert Schwartz? No, I need to write that down too. So 1917 and your soul's plan. Okay. (laughs) So your soul's plan. Now, when I read it, I was like, oh, like there was it's, some of it's kind of intense. And it's like, I don't know if I resonate with a hundred percent of what he's saying, but he does talk a lot about uh, this kind of thing about like how actually some of these people that are in your soul group and your soul family, they, they do, in his opinion, um, sign up for it. And basically they're doing you this almost like this, this service, this gift to, play a certain role in your life in order to leverage this kind of growth. And, you know, they, on a soul level, he's talking about how they, there's this deep love and that deep love is like, okay, I love you so much that I'll do this to unfold something that your soul needs to go through. And there needs to be some kind of experience of deep pain in order to get there. Now it is tough. And I mean, he, he goes into certain things about, uh, illness, you know, certain illnesses and the reason and, and how we can look at it from a soul perspective. And it's fascinating. It's extremely interesting to, to think about it. So yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, I'd love to talk to you about it because it, it is sort of around this kind of conversation. Hmm. Yeah. I'll check it out on Audible too. So, yeah. cause I love audiobooks. So yeah. I will, I will look at that. That would be an interesting one. So thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. So super fascinating stuff. Um, How do we wrap this up, my friend? Well, I guess we could say that as always, take everything that you've, you've heard from us 
and analyze it for yourself and you know do your own your own pondering and ask ask your guides ask spirit to show you you know if there's something that you need to understand more deeply or in a different way come to your own conclusions but hopefully this this chat you know will will sort of inspire spark something within the listener that's like hmm and that's you know they can kind of relate it to their life somehow they can decide if they you know if they agree with us or if they think we're just like wackadoos I don't know but just like we're putting it out there um and hopefully causing you know some kind of um pause to kind of to to experiment in your own way and kind of come to your own conclusion absolutely and I love hearing that because that's exactly how I get my spiritual philosophy too I hear something if my soul doesn't pick it up it just bounces right off me like either it's doesn't resonate with my soul or i'm just not ready for it um which i've seen happen too or and then i go to spirit for everything i just get curious i'm like spirit what about this like can you bring some synchronicities into my life that would either validate this or bring about uh you know a philosophy around this for me so i always go to the world of spirit and i love hearing that you do too because a lot of teachers i know like just kind of like teach what they read Mm-hmm. right and like I used to be like that too like the first books I ever read on Sylvia Brown I believed everything she said and now right. I feel like a lot of her philosophies are pretty outdated for what we know now right mm-hmm. but this was 30 years ago or whatever she was writing this stuff so yeah. so I love that and I, I completely agree with that and you know we'd love to hear what you think about this topic and you know do you have any experiences that you want to share um, how do they get in touch with us Melissa well, I know for you, Instagram is the way to go. Yeah, Squamish Medium on Instagram. That's where I hang. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Um, and that's sort of the, I think, the best ways to get in touch with us. And we will get our, I think, email address or our page for this podcast up and running as well, or a group or something. I think we'll get something going. Absolutely. We for sure will. Yeah. But we are both moms and mediums and <laughs> time is not an illusion for us. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just, I don't even know. I, I used to think like just when I had kids and stuff that, oh, like time goes by so much faster. And I think it does, you know, <laughs> but also when you're doing this work, it's crazy. Like, I feel like you lose maybe some concept. Do you find that you just lose concept of time? Like I could be, I could be thinking I have hours left in the day and it's like, I blink. And then all of a sudden it's like midnight. Well, even this episode, like I'm, I'm trying to keep our episodes around 45 minutes, like super digestible. And then I saw that we were already at like the 38 minute mark. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, okay, so we need to start because we could talk for hours, right? Yeah, literally. We could literally talk for hours. So like, we just lost, like, it felt like 10 minutes to me, Yeah, but it was like, wow, it was like almost 40 minutes already. So, and then I kind of just want to like end it with like, do you have any offerings going on? Like I can talk about something first. Like I have launching next week, just if people are interested. Yeah, um, ongoing. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like doing the the same as what I've been doing as far as like tons of group readings, um, private readings are going on. Um, I'm getting kind of into email and video readings, like psychic um, stuff, because I find that I do have a lot of people that come to me and they do want the psychic reading. They're not always looking for for spirit and they kind of want to know about life and they kind of want to know about like guidance and inspiration and stuff and I used to just send them to this um tarot reader that I I know who's very good and she's very very good at that kind of that kind of reading um but I was kind of thinking about it I'm like I do 
have that ability, you know, why wouldn't I do it? You know, so um, it's something that I can do on my own time. I can do when the kids are in bed, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And basically just people sending me like three questions that they're curious about or three topics in their life. Lots of it surrounds relationships, work, health, well-being, you know, that kind of thing, spiritual path. Um, and I basically, I just either type it all up, everything that I receive, or I will put a little video and show the cards that I'm pulling and explain what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of, I don't know, I've really enjoyed it. And it kind of has been a nice way to get to people on a kind of more quick basis. They're not waiting months for the, the reading. They can, you know, get it within like a couple of days, you know? So that's been something that I've been kind of trying out, experimenting that I've been enjoying. Wait, uh, and you advertise those on your Facebook? Yeah, the, they're up on the Facebook. Um, and then, you know, same teaching and mentorship going on and stuff like that. But that's that's about it for, for right now. How about for you? Um, so squamishmedium.com. I just quit my day job. So I am going full time in three weeks. So I have my March schedule released. Um, so that's up and available. I'm only doing very limited readings because I'm focusing more on mentorship and coaching. Um, so I'm only going to be doing, I think, two readings a week. So those typically go very fast. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some mentorship packages for people who want to develop their own intuition. But I guess really what I want to talk about is I'm, I'm launching my first digital product by the time this airs it will be already launched but it's just a suite of um it's called living by the magic of the moon so i've been living by the magic of the moon myself since 2016 when i went through a shamanic immersion program so i created a video and a bunch of collateral like a moon tracker sheet um you know the moon sign so whatever zodiac sign they're in the themes and qualities of that um guided meditations for the new moon and full moon and worksheets um and my own personal rituals that i do for my moon work so it's gonna be 44 dollars available on my website by the time this airs so if you're interested in seeing how your life could you know be really magical with manifesting intention setting and releasing with the moon energies um definitely go check it out i made it super super affordable and yeah so that's kind of what i have going on right now I love that and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it because I really Yay. am it. um and I think that's such a cool I, I love that you're creating things that people can use and I totally feel aligned with that too you know like something that can be a tool um because it's empowering it's not just like okay yeah here is all this stuff that I that I'm getting about you like in a reading which is important you know those that is important but to be able to give a tool that they can use is also I think equally as important so that's awesome absolutely all right well thank you guys for listening and you'll catch us next time we post (laughs) yes we'll see you or I guess you'll hear from us soon thank you guys bye